1: Dave, uh, I, I see. I see. We are. Uh, we're back. You and I both scrambling for technology. Uh, I, I was just telling you a second ago that uh, that uh, the new Mac M1 chip. Be, buyer beware. It's an amazing computer, but if you've got old audio interfaces, uh, it's not going to work. I somehow managed to jerry rig mine to work, and I realized that yours is uh, having some uh, issues as well. <laughs> For yeah. those listening to the podcast, Dave, Dave doesn't have his pro mic with him right now because yeah. his, his yeah. kids stole it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't have that beautiful light that's usually coming in that <laughs> hides all the wrinkles and stuff, you know, so, uh, but that's okay, uh, Sean, you'll forgive forgive me for that, I'm sure, um, but uh, good to be back, Greg. Why yeah. Don't, why don't you kind of kick this off, lead us into this?
1: Yeah, well, you know, certainly the last uh, <clears throat> number of months, you and I have had some really incredible guests on. Uh, talking about resilience and and change and change management. And when the pandemic hits, some industries have thrived, others have totally uh, been destroyed, and others have had an opportunity to pivot. And uh, Sean uh, Hoff is our guest today uh, from Moniker. And he's a perfect example of uh, a a real uh, progressive entrepreneur who uh, had a really cool thing going with his business model. And then the pandemic really forced a kick in the butt and, a, and a, a change in how he does things. And that's how I'm, that's what I'm really excited to hear about today from Sean amongst uh, many other things, but uh, uh, Sean, welcome to the boiling point podcast. And, you know, before we deep dive into what you're doing right now, I just think you the previous model of what you were doing. It was really, really cool with these uh, real out there, a high-end corporate uh, retreat. So why don't you give us a little general uh, introduction about who you are and uh, and Moniker and let's hear the story.
3: Sure, sure. Uh, so my name is Sean Hoff. I, uh, I founded a company called Moniker about uh, eight, nine years ago at this point. Um, previous to that, I was actually, I worked in the banking world uh, and I was just like, a, you know, sitting in his cubicle doing numbers stuff. Uh, but uh, that's where I got my first taste of the travel industry. I was going on what they call the the president's club trip, these kind of like top producer type trips. And that's kind of where I got my introduction and it wet my appetite. And uh, after five years at the bank, I, I realized that I probably could not see myself uh, for the rest of my life, a career in, in the financial industry. So I left. And I like to tell people nowadays, we used to have the best jobs on the planet. Um, so our company, what we would do is like our clients would reach out to us, a lot of tech clients, a lot of real estate clients. Uh, and they would uh, turn to us for help in planning their retreats and offsites. And so, what what I mean by that is, a lot of tech companies, specifically, will take the entire team abroad for you know four or five nights. Uh, during the day, they do their meetings, their work, their strategy, and in the afternoons, we would take over. And so, that sometimes would involve. Uh, we've we've been everywhere and done some really fun things, like we've done uh, the Italian job, a heist using Mini Coopers racing around Tuscany. Uh-huh. Um, we planned an elaborate Survivor week uh, at a resort in the Caribbean um, and actually our most recent trip before everything got shut down uh, we were on our way to Dublin uh, and we were planning just like an elaborate uh, week of activities uh, um, so you know it's, it's not it's not over yet uh, it's starting to hopefully come back soon but uh, we definitely had the, the greatest jobs on the planet zipping around the world and just helping companies just kind of engage with their with their teams in person.
1: So I guess my first question is, as soon as you heard the official news about a global pandemic, what happened to your stomach right at that very moment?
3: It was a, a very slow falling. Uh, I mean, we were, as I mentioned, so we were, we were about to head to Dublin. We had a, a trip of about 100 people from across the US that were heading there. And I remember I had my bags packed. The trip was supposed to depart on March 19th. And on March, like on those days, you know we're we're checking in with the client every single day at that point. sometimes hourly like, are we still good? Are we still good? Are we going ahead? Are we going ahead? And it hadn't fully rolled out as the official travel ban and everything. So at this point, it was still kind of like, are we are we gonna take the risk? Um, but the decision came through on March seventeenth that we were not going to go ahead with the trip. And for the first few weeks, I honestly thought that, oh, this will pass in like a few months or something. No big deal. Most of our, our retreats tend to happen in the fall anyway. Um, and <laughs> looking back, uh, I rolled out a plan to our company and just kind of like communicated to the team, like, here's our 20-week plan for COVID. We'll be fine in 20 weeks. Uh, here we are over a year later. Uh, and obviously that that didn't play out. Um, but it was it was just like a very high-speed train wreck. We had... 15 to 20 uh, trips and retreats on the on the calendar in 2020, uh, which over the span of two weeks, every single one canceled. And so, as you can imagine, as a business owner, you're put in a pretty tough spot. All of a sudden, not only do you have like your whole source of revenue and your business model flipped upside down, but on the other side, you're still operating a company, you still have payroll, you still have overhead and expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, we were, we were pushed pretty quickly to figure out, you know, what, what are we going to do in this new in this new scenario. And uh, that's what led us to what we're doing today, which is uh, the virtual team building side of it.
2: Wow, That what a uh, thank you for taking this back. I mean, it's so interesting to go back a year and remember like what our thinking was then, you know? And I, I think that the idea of a 20 week plan kind of sounds like what I was thinking too, you know? And, and not knowing what to expect, but not ever thinking we'd be a year later and still not doing, you know, getting together um what um like ha- how i'm just trying to imagine how your team's doing like what what i'm curious about how you know how do you keep morale up how did you uh, you know because you're you're probably you know you're going through your own stuff and I'm always curious you know how the leader um supports people around him or her
3: yeah, so for those first few weeks, uh, it was pretty grim. I mean, we all kind of saw the writing on the wall with with things were starting to cancel. We didn't really have a plan at that point. Um, and it, the light bulb hadn't really clicked on our heads about this this pivot model for at least a month, I'd say. And and that came about because quite a few of our, our clients from the travel and retreat world, um, they were still scrambling to figure out you know, cancellations and what their plan was and how was this going to affect their businesses um and it took a few i would say it took about four or five weeks until we started to get a few inquiries coming in uh from those those same clients saying hey we've moved everybody online now um we're all working remote but we've noticed that our slack channels like the banter is starting to dip we notice that there's less memes floating about that people just seem to be a, a little bit of a funk can you help us and we were like what do you what do you what do you mean like we don't we do travel and retreats like have you not flipped on the tv (laughs) recently um but that's when kind of the light bulb went on it was like well now all of a sudden there's going to be like thousands millions of companies that are going to be moving to this fully remote structure and it's just it's a it's a setup that the majority of companies just haven't really had to consider or deal with in the past but here we were essentially overnight the entire world was moving to this this model um, so it was interesting because for us, like we, when we went into COVID, our company was six people full time and we, we had a lot of free time on our hands uh, and it, it was important for us to keep up morale. So I made a pledge to do everything in our power to make sure that there'd be no layoffs and no salary reductions as, as much as we could afford it. Um, and then as that became more apparent that this wasn't going to go away, um, we spent a lot of time kind of like we started playing other companies' games. Just to see what was out there basically mystery shopping but to see what was out there what worked what didn't what the competition was if we were going to get into the space Uh, and that actually brought us closer together and that's when I started to really kind of buy in like all right this actually works because like we had laughs um, and I remember leaving a few calls with our team or a few events where I actually walked away in a pretty positive space and then of course reality set in and then I, (laughs) I realized what else was going on but it did give you that distraction to kind of just take you away from, from whatever was at hand for an hour or 90 minutes or something. Um, over the course of the next few months, as we started to rebound, we introduced a whole bunch of measures. Like first things first is I think in the within 30 days of COVID hitting, our company, we sent out what we called COVID care packages. And so I know my team pretty well at this point. And so we sent out basically like gift boxes to each people that were curated for their interests, so for example, I have a colleague who's very art, so we got like canvases and drawing pens and colored pencils. Another one was into baking, was saying she has a lot more time to, to do this as her hobby now, and so we sent her a whole where it was like professional baking for the piping and all the icing and everything, um, and that just became something. We started introducing like weekly cooking, um, like class, not classes, but like getting together and cooking on on Zoom together. Um, and just a whole bunch of other little initiatives that over time I started to realize, like, wow, our team is actually doing quite well. We do something called Pulse Check, where every quarter we send out a survey, and it's just questions. Uh, We had to add questions when COVID hit. For example, how's your mental health doing? Like, how's your work-life balance going? Um, And we started to chart it over COVID, and obviously everybody experienced a huge dip in those first few months, but after we kind of got our feet under us, it was amazing to see actually... The trend lines start to go back to to our baseline of normal from when before COVID hit, uh, and now actually they're they're higher than before because I think the crazy thing is is that the whole turmoil that we went through and the resilience that as a team we had to kind of go go through together uh, brought us closer together. Uh, and as a team, like I think we've never been stronger than than we were, and um, we've actually grown as a company through COVID. Which you know, looking back a year ago, telling us as a travel company, you're going to grow during the the pandemic that grounds all planes around the world uh i would have told you you're crazy but here we are from six we're now at about i think 10 10 full time
1: well Uh, what i love about that is it's the true entrepreneurial gift to be able to see how to pivot and how to be resilient and uh you know you didn't quit you know uh you you believed in your team and you believed in your offering whatever that might have been in a transformational uh, side. But like what I'm seeing is you guys are developing programming right now, virtually for your clients that is so easily adapted, adaptable to when travel opens up again. So in a way, what a blessing this time has been to actually work on the business on programming and, and whatnot. And I suspect you probably see it the same way. Uh, but uh Are you going to go back to the old model as well uh, and make it a hybrid offering when, uh, you know, when this is all behind us?
3: Yeah, Greg, I mean, you're spot on. Um, When we got into the virtual world instead of, uh, I've used the analogy before with our team, like before we used to sell like houses, like huge purchases that people do once very rarely, and it's a whole different process. And then getting into what we're doing now with like the virtual events and things like it, you're selling t-shirts, you're selling very small things that are quick decisions that are made monthly, sometimes a few a month. Um, And we're starting to see the first trickles of inquiries. Not surprisingly, most of them are coming from the States. So we have a bunch of U.S. clients that are reaching out and saying, hey, we're getting kind of close to being ready to travel again. Um, We have one that we're closing in on for a a U.S. company heading probably to Mexico in, in September, October um because from their perspective they're going to be vaccinated in mexico the borders are open so um it's happening and i think once when, when travel does open up like uh, canadian companies are going to be a little bit further behind same with european companies but once it happens we will definitely be a two-division company and i think from us from a business perspective uh it's a blessing because the relationships that we made with all of these companies through covid who are reaching out to us and saying hey we have a hundred people who are now working from home it's not great. Like, you know, what, what can we do to bring people together, have a laugh? Um, we have those relationships now that we can say, I know that you care enough to invest in your team to spend money on, you know, hosting an event with them. Well, they haven't seen each other in a roughly about a year and a half. Like, have you ever considered taking the whole team up north to uh, like a, a, a lodge or something or taking them down south to a resort somewhere and getting that in-person uh, thing, which I, I still fundamentally believe you cannot replace or recreate in the virtual world it's been great and it's helped a lot of people cope and get through it but getting together with people in person is just something you can't recreate.
2: You know it's um so we you know what I don't know where you're based Sean where, where are you guys located?
3: I started in Toronto but uh when COVID hit uh, originally <laughs> um I, I moved down to Mexico for a bit my family's always had a place in Puerto Vallarta in Mexico okay. Yeah. Uh, and I used to go down for New Year's and I'd stay for a few weeks. But then, as as it started to, the extensions to the lockdowns kept getting like rolled out further. And of course, now Ontario's in a in a longer one. We just ended up staying. Oh wow! So, yeah,
2: no, okay. Now I was just curious. I was, as I was trying to think. I mean, it felt like it was a Canadian accent, but
3: you never know. Um, Born and raised in Toronto.
2: There we go. Big smoke. A big smoke. Yeah. yeah. A least
3: Yes, and this is finally the first time in decades that I can <laughs> yeah. practically say that. Yeah.
2: Greg, doesn't, Greg doesn't know what we're
1: talking about. Oh, I, kids I, kids. I know now because I've been on this podcast for a decade with you, Dave. <clears throat> my, my, my hockey input, uh, Sean, is mostly uh, fed by, uh, by, by hockey discussions on this particular podcast, Dave. Yeah. And as yeah. a Canadian, you know, I, I appreciate, I, I love going to a hockey game. I really do. I just don't follow it. And I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't play uh, pro the way Dave did, you know, back in the day. Oh, there you go. <laughs> So here's uh
2: here's, here's just, I just wanted to comment on something you said, and I, I'm just uh, in a big agreement with you um, more from experience. So in New Brunswick, as you probably are aware, we've had, you know, a little more open, less restrictions. We haven't had, you know, we're very lucky, you know, the, the way we've been able to manage. I have, a, I have an executive coaching company. We do, um, not retreat so much but you know we call it team coaching and training and stuff and most and we do we do a lot of virtual but um but the team stuff is typically done um on site right and um and it's not our biggest piece of business uh, we do a lot more one-to-one which has always been done I obviously remotely but virtually so so we've seen a you know growth in that area thankfully you know um and we haven't had to push as hard to get other things on virtual because we have this you know other side of our business that's that's you know been ticking along pretty nicely. But we've been making attempts. But in all of that, what was interesting is I worked with a, a team and I took them through um a pretty large team and um we went to a, a hotel in Fredericton and it was all spaced out. And I remember them asking, Do you need a mic? And I thought, well, there's only 20 people here, I won't need a mic until I got in the room and it was this conference room. And like I could barely see people at the end because they're all spaced out. But um, having said that, it, it's pretty like it's, I wouldn't say routine, but this, the material was pretty. You know, I've delivered it many times. What I was struck by because it was I think this was like September of uh, 2020, so people hadn't seen a lot of each other. What I was struck by was. Um, how deep people wanted to go like just they missed each other like it was just like and I mean so I just cut out a big part of the agenda because I just people just needed to interact so I just just I'm kind of linking back to your point on the in-person thing it's real you know there's something that happens and it was kind of a beautiful thing to watch and and it had nothing to do with me it was just the connection of you know people being connected with one another so I, I totally
0: hear you there.
2: Um, are you, and, and are you excited about getting back together in person with your team and with, you know, I mean, yeah, it was hard to <laughs> leave Mexico right now if it was me.
3: So we had like part of the other reason that I came, I went down to Mexico was, um, we were planning every year in January, we planned an internal company retreat. Um, and so like, we've been some wild places together we've got to walk the walk that we talk. So like last year we were in Morocco in Jan, 2020. And the year previous we were in colombia and so we had planned to go to this beautiful villa in mexico uh, and we made those plans back in september feeling that we were pretty confident as a team september 2020 that yeah i think by january we'll be fine and of course that didn't pan out um so am i excited to get back together we've, we've now tentatively said that we would be looking at maybe just getting a cottage outside of the city uh, north of toronto in like end of July or, or August or something, obviously depending on like fascination rolls, rollouts and just where we all, we are in terms of restrictions. Uh, I definitely am looking forward to it. Like I spend a lot of time on Zoom calls every day, just as like all of us do. Uh, but I had another colleague come down and visit us, uh, visit me when I was down there and we were work, both working from from Mexico and like you just can't get that, replace that same like in-person banter and like the little jokes that go on when it when you're only meeting face to face for a reason, like for a Zoom call, like okay, let's get on because we have to talk about this project. Uh, but when you know she was working on something else and I was working on completely different projects, there'd be those moments where like a few minutes would go by and you just like say something. And, like I definitely miss that. We gave up our office. Uh, we used to have a beautiful office on on the downtown Toronto, and uh, it sat empty for a year. And the lease renewal came up, and it was just like, what's the point? You know, so we've given it up, we've moved to a fully remote company, whether we go back to getting an office or working with co-share co-working type places like a WeWork, um, you know, once a month or, or as a drop-in, I don't know. But uh, for right now, we're, we're enjoying the flexibility of the remote structure, but I can't wait to get back together in person again as well.
1: Sean, I'm, I'm curious about some of your, uh, you know, some of the virtual offerings, like, uh our audience base is mostly entrepreneurs. Uh, a lot of people uh, listen to this podcast who have small, medium-sized companies. And uh, so t- talk us through, you know, some things that could bring value to that, that group about what you guys are offering.
3: Yeah. The, To be honest with you, like when we when we first approached this, we were skeptical, skeptical about getting into it because, I mean, I'm the first to admit there's a lot of crap out there online. Like if I get invited to another virtual yoga session or another mixology thing, it just I I'm over it. Um, And so, as I mentioned, we spent those first few weeks kind of trying other people's other companies games. And what we realized was instead of doing the hokey like really kind of cliched approach like the equivalent of what a, a trust fall or a drum circle would be in the virtual world um we wanted to figure out how do you replace the two things that team building really goes about and dave will appreciate this if he's in the executive coaching world is on the one hand we want to say how do you replace the thursday after work drinks where you can just go uh, like have a laugh share a beer together on the other hand, how do you replace the going through puzzles or solving a problem and then the virtual high five that happens? And so we've developed all of our concepts kind of like in those two sides of the spectrum. We've got these amazing virtual murder mysteries where we paired up with this production company out, out of uh, Kingston. Uh, we were actually on CBC a few weeks ago for the story, but we were able to, I mean, you can imagine it would be a pretty tough time for people in the acting community right now. Um, but we've been running these, these virtual murder mysteries that use eight live actors every single show and people uh-huh. like the response has just been overwhelming.
2: So cool. um, and,
3: we, and we pair it up with like, clients get the option that they can send uh, basically like a, a cocktail kit to the homes of their employees in advance. And so you log into this murder mystery, you're kind of having a beer, like a Manhattan with the rest of your team. And then you go through trying to solve this murder mystery together. And it's very live and interactive. So it does recreate that kind of, you're having a laugh. The actors are just hilarious. Um, and, and you don't realize it, but two hours goes by and all of a sudden you're like, you know what, we did kind of just like solve through this, this challenge together, but they had a laugh while doing it. And then on the flip side for that, that virtual high five, um, what we've developed are like, basically we took the concept of like escape rooms, which our team used to love doing after work. Um, and we found a way to bring it online and scalable. Uh, we are actually just, we launched another one, which is kind of like mashing together, um dragon's den and whose line is it anyway so like a mad lib improv pitch competition uh we had another one that was based off of a lunar disaster scenario exercise that i remember doing as a kid doing outward bound so when i was in high school like i I was taken up north to just north of thunder bay we did this like 10 day canoe portage retreat and they gave us this little exercise and i remember doing it and so we dug it up on nasa.gov um, and we basically ported it using technology, video, actors, you know, green screens and things, made it modern. And, and the crazy story is, is at some point last last year, somebody from NASA reaches out to us and I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, is this a cease and desist? But it turned out to be it was the agency recruitment lead. Uh, and he was reaching out because uh, NASA every year has 700 interns that are supposed to be split between Johnson Space Center in Houston and Cape Canaver- Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida. And because of COVID, the bases were only open up to key personnel and obviously interns didn't qualify. So they had to move this whole internship program online. And NASA is not exactly known as being the most fast moving agile organization around. Um, and so they were reaching out because they were saying the same thing that we've heard from many clients, like we need help. We have 700 interns younger, tech savvy they're online and we don't know what to do with them like we need to keep them we need to get them to meet we need to get them to engage to to basically have some fun together Um, and so we started rolling it out with them Uh, so we have a whole variety it's 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 been fun and we keep rolling out new ones we're launching a new concept in a few weeks time that's uh basically the putting people in the scenario of a six-person jury and you go through like a crime you have to review evidence there's video testimonies there's like fingerprint analysis you have to do and hopefully you reach a consensus decision to declare guilty or not guilty. But uh, so we're trying to just shift it up and make this fun awesome. games that are actually, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> genuinely really fun.
1: <laughs> What's going into my head is um, the fun that I've had in escape rooms with the Oculus. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. who knows, like, you know, as that technology gets more affordable, like how you get up level some of those experiences, like multiplayer escape room experiences with VR, too, it'd be we're, really we're starting
3: nice. to dabble with it, yeah, with somebody on our team, Oculus uh, Quest 2, uh, and we're starting to also like experiment with what potentially, I mean, we'll, we'll always believe that the bread and butter retreat experience is to do it in person, but for companies that have teams that spread out around the world and they have like smaller teams, like the engineering team's only 20 people or the marketing team's only 10 people it doesn't necessarily make sense or justify it to bring those people together once a year separately, like for like a mini, mini retreat. So we've been playing around with technology and virtual reality specifically to see if we could recreate essentially like virtual worlds where you could explore an Island together, or you could be on a moon base together and using Oculus Rifters essentially, you know, navigate through these worlds and interact with your colleagues and look at whiteboards in virtual reality, just as a, as a novelty and a difference to just getting onto it yet another on zoom call.
1: So oh, man. Cool. stay
3: tuned. There's a lot of exciting technology out there. I still feel we're only scratching the surface of, of its potential. Um, but VR is definitely going to be, I think the next frontier for people who work from home and how to utilize it.
2: Um, in, in like a kind of we're, we're winding up here. Um, the thing that's in my head right now, as I'm listening to you is I'm just trying to imagine you working in the banking industry and not, not no offense <laughs> to my friends that are bankers, but I just hear this creativity um, it's pretty, pretty amazing to hear. And then, um, but I'm guessing, you know, some of those skills of then just implementing and getting them out there and, and thinking, you know, through what, what's going to be most effective and and how we price this out. I mean, that like it's, there's just so much um, not only creativity, but um, you know, it, it sounds like you're, you're being very um, intentional about, you know, getting out there and really saving, saving your company in a sense. Um, any, Ever any regrets leaving, you know, getting out on your own through this whole experience? No,
3: zero. But I also I also look back at the, even though it was five years where didn't necessarily pan out career-wise, I do look back at that time and say it was completely integral to where I am today. Because as you mentioned, like it gave me a good foundation, to, like how to look at like two different business opportunities. How do you assess them? How do you, which one do you invest in? What's a good ROI? How to price things? Like, where do you... It, it taught me a lot about kind of the nuts and bolts uh, of running a business from looking at a, a balance sheet, a and l statement, and figuring out how to make bets and decisions based off of that. Whereas if I just dove into running a travel company, I don't know if we'd still be around.
2: Well, and even when even you're we describing, you know, your employee engagement surveys and stuff and just and, and charting, I was thinking, oh, there's there's the, there's the analytical yeah. part of this guy. And yeah, a, I love data. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, but to love data and love creativity and, and to, you know, that's what a, what a nice blend. So congratulations. How, how do people learn more about you? How they learn more about the company people that are interested in, in, in this, you know, having their experience and, and maybe bringing their companies into the experience. What, what, what's the best way for them? To Honestly, do
3: that? I think the best, the best way is go see for yourself. We put everything up online. We have videos and stuff. Uh, so our website is moniker, M O N I K E R partners.com monarchapartners.com and uh, there you'll be able to see what we used to do and there's some great videos if you're having some travel FOMO we have some of our previous trip videos up there uh, and if you want to explore Thailand or Iceland or Tuscany there's some wild adventures that we planned Uh, and then as well if you're looking for something to engage a team in the remote world right now while we're waiting for travel to come back uh, you can check those out on the website as well.
1: That's awesome. Sean, what a, what a pleasure, man. And uh, let's make sure this isn't the last time we, we talk on The Boiling Point because uh, it'd be neat to even check in 12 months down the road and yeah, see well, how things kind of go back in a new uh, hybrid.
3: Yeah. Thanks so much, Greg. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. I had a great time today. Thank you. Awesome, Sean. Take
1: care. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks for
0: checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out LeadershipUnleashed.ca or VisionCoachingInc.com. And on Twitter, at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit HemmingsHouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling.